This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year. By the way, I don't remember that at all. When did we do that? Do you remember that? I don't that? either. <laughs> that was us, right? I was like, I, is that me? That was Michelle and I, correct? I have no recollection of that. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't actually know if that was us on our show that we just played. We actually don't know that. Could have been AI generated. Who knows? Okay, great. Wow. Yeah, AI, wow. Michelle. That's different. Now, so we learned today you're at 101 ESPN in St. Louis. I'm at yes. ESPN West Palm. Midwest, Michelle, we have learned is kinder and mm-hmm. sweeter than totally. New York, Michelle. Yeah. New York, now, Michelle will buzz right around you on the street. She'll be like, you're walking too slow. Get out of here. Uh, you know, I, I have stuff to do. Midwest, Michelle's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I bumped into you. My bad. I hope you have a great day. Happy holidays. Now, what's like, AI, Michelle, that you just referenced here? That's just talking about Dan Campbell? I <laughs> guess. <laughs> we artificially, the artificial intelligence of Michelle Smallman is just a Dan Campbell robot? What? What just happened here? AI Michelle is a football guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just bark in the background is what happens there as a result. All right, we do have Thursday night football tonight between the Saints and the Rams. I'm sure LA and our great station ESPN LA, 710, uh, is thrilled to talk about the Rams because, my God, the Lakers, you know, since winning the in-season tournament, they're 1-4. and four, So maybe a little in-season tournament dr- uh, jinx there. Saints and Rams tonight, Thursday night football. All right? And what? Go ahead. I was just going to say, is it the curse of the banner? <laughs> uh, you know what? Good. Yes. You put this stupid in-season tournament banner up. Not the tournament's not stupid, but the banner is stupid. And maybe it is a little bit of a curse. But what, what I was thinking about today, Smalls, with these two teams playing tonight, two 7-7 seven and seven teams, that when you think about the idea of a Cinderella run in the NFL, like we saw it last year with the Miami Heat in, in the NBA, right? They made it to the NBA Finals. They were a play-in team. Nobody saw that happening. That if we have a Cinderella run in the NFL, could the Rams be the team that has that Cinderella run? And and in an attempt to define Cinderella, you take out, obviously, the Niners and the Ravens and the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Dolphins and the Chiefs. I would take out the Browns and the Lions. I know you would not. But is there a team that you're looking at and saying, I think this team could have a Cinderella run if we have one to the Super Bowl? Well, I'm not taking the Browns out of the equation because you're on your fourth quarterback and you're the Cleveland Browns. Historically, everything goes wrong for you. You're a factory of sadness. This Deshaun Watson situation alone should have been enough to derail any Cleveland Browns team. The fact that they went out and spent over $230 million guaranteed on this guy and they got one good half of football out of him before he's out of the year— Evan, that is so classic Cleveland Browns. For them to go through two more quarterbacks, pluck Joe Flacco off the couch, and be in this position? Tell me that's not a Cinderella story. It absolutely is. I I get it, but at the same time, look at their record. They're 9-5. and They got the Texans this weekend, likely without C.J. Stroud. They're going to have the Jets and the Bengals the rest of the way. That I kind of look at this, and I do wonder as to whether or not we can consider a 12-win, if they get there, football team, as a Cinderella story because they likely would be the five seed. They would play on the road at Jacksonville in the first round, we think, which is a very difficult matchup, by the way, just to point that part of it out. Right. Is that a Cinderella run? I get, yeah. I, you know what? 
You're starting to convince me a little bit because of the fourth-string quarterback, right? But when I think about a Cinderella run, I do think about the Rams, and it's easy for me to actually project them to be good in the postseason because I've seen their main pieces be great in the postseason. I've seen Sean McVay. I've seen Matt Stafford. I've seen Cooper Cup. And I've seen Aaron Donald, their big four of people on game days, perform extremely well during a playoff and a Super Bowl run times two, going there once, losing to New England, going there the second time and beating Cincinnati, that I could see them doing it again. I also could see them going on the road and beating Philly. I could see them going on the road and maybe beating Dallas, as crazy as this may sound, and that's not supposed to be a knock on those two teams. It's just more so saying if the Rams get in and they win tonight and they get in the playoffs ultimately, and you Mm -hmm. told me before the postseason, hey, you're not going to know which one, but I know, I could see in the future, one of these teams that you don't expect to make the Super Bowl is going to make the Super Bowl, the Rams would beat my pick. They have what it takes. But I guess I, I look at the quarterback, the head coach, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, I look at that group of players who's already won a Super Bowl in in recent years, and I think they have the DNA of a championship team. Yes, there's a lot of young players on that team. Yes, we didn't have the expectations for them to be a team that could make a run in the playoffs this season. We thought it was going to be another year towards a rebuild for them. So it's a little bit surprising, but also when they get into the playoffs, if they were a team that were would get into the playoffs and make a run, we would all say, well, what? Sean McVay was the hottest coach on planet Earth a few years ago. We were giving his Uber drivers head coaching jobs just because they shared the same air as him. I mean, it's if people want to keep receipts, shouldn't Sean McVay be keeping receipts? We've talked about receipts a lot today. It's kind of like Receipt Thursday here on Unsportsmanlike. Shouldn't he be keeping receipts? Because we're not giving him the benefit of the doubt the way we do some other coaches. He is a guy who was the prodigy. He was the guy that everybody wanted to replicate. Everybody was trying to find their own version of Sean McVay. And all of a sudden, now we're putting him in the Cinderella category? That just doesn't seem right to me. Because they're 7-7. Seven and seven. I don't think well, it's a knock. I'm, comp- I'm saying that if okay. you told me there was a Cinderella, I believe it would be the team playing tonight, the Rams. So, so then this, whoever wins the NFC South then could potentially be a Cinderella team. Yes, yes, definitely. But can we say a team that wins a division? Is a Cinderella team? Wait, wait a minute, Smalls. You think that the <laughs> NFC South winner would be less of a Cinderella than the than the Rams? Yes, absolutely. What? That division is awful. If the Saints win the division oh, wait, and make no. it, to, I'm saying that it would be the greatest Cinderella ever. Maybe yes, the winner of the NFC me. South got, this year. I got that wrong. I think that the Rams are less of a Cinderella story than the NFC South. I was right. just posing the question: Can you yes. can you call a division leader a Cinderella, even though it's a terrible division with, and they're yeah, 500? With this division, you can. With this NFC South, when you're looking at Tampa or New Orleans or um, Atlanta winning the division, if that if the if the winner of the NFC South then gets to the Super Bowl. There's an argument that is the biggest Cinderella story in the history of the NFL. There is an argument to that. That division has been terrible this year. You're asking us to project out for Derek Carr and Dennis Allen to lead the Saints to the Super Bowl? (laughs) You're asking us to project out Taylor Heineke and Arthur Smith to lead them to the Super Bowl? Well, no, but that's the thing. Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield feel like Brady and Belichick compared to the rest of that division. Yeah, they do. I mean, Randy Reid and Baker going on a run? Nobody expected that this season. And he's been great this season, though. He's been absolutely great, but no one projected that. Right. Agreed. But that would be the biggest Cinderella story. Like, when I was thinking about the Cinderella stories in the league this year, with these two teams playing tonight, specifically on Thursday Night Football with the Rams and the Saints, because the Rams triggered this thought for me. 
But when I'm thinking about the Cinderella teams, Cincy, Indy, Houston, Pittsburgh, Denver, Tampa, Minnesota, the Rams, Seattle, New Orleans, and Green Bay. I don't put Buffalo in there. I don't look at them as a Cinderella, even though they're not in the playoffs. I don't put the Lions and the Browns in there, even though you're making a great case as to why I should, specifically if I just look at a fourth-string quarterback. But again, they both have quarterbacks in Joe Flacco and Jared Goff who have been to Super Bowl. So I have a tough time putting those two teams along with the Bills in there, even though there's an argument for all three considered a Cinderella story. You know which team you just named that I think is the most intriguing? The Denver Broncos. Okay, let's go there then, Smalls, because if we're going to use this, if you're going to tell me the Rams are not a Cinderella story, uh-huh. you can't then say the Broncos are because a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a Super Bowl winning coach, but not together. That's so maybe my, that's it. That's the that's catch. That's my argument. Not together and a completely different version of that Super Bowl winning quarterback. He was a reclamation project at this stage in his career. Reclamation? I guess off of last year. I guess off of last year. You off of that. last year, every single component of the Denver Broncos, including Russell Wilson, was a reclamation project. It was the hottest of hot messes. Sean Payton even told you so. And coaches usually don't do that. It was so bad he threw another coach in Nathaniel Hackett under the bus publicly. Well, I mean, he, that's how bad way, it was. By the way, he was right. I mean, that was he. He was. And, and thank you, Sean, for for speaking your truth. We appreciate it. But so you wait, can't so tell in, me that Ru- sh- we were we were talking about Russell Wilson being washed about them releasing him, Evan. We thought this was the end of his career. That's a reclamation project. Wait, Smalls, Rams would not be a Cinderella, but Broncos would be, in your mind. Yes, even though Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl and is one of the great coaches, even though Russell Wilson, same thing, I think if you look at the state of the Denver Broncos last year and at points this year, the Miami Dolphins scored 70 points on them, Evan, 70. If they were to go on a run and win a Super Bowl, that would be the ultimate Cinderella. That would be a crazy Cinderella story. You could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Give us a Cinderella team. That if we told you that a team was going to make a run this year to the Super Bowl as a Cinderella, which team would that be? Uh, Ricardo in Raleigh listening on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. What's up, Ricardo? How y'all doing this morning? What's up, Ricardo? Um, this I, this must this must be my more lucky morning because um I have receipts for you and I have some disrespect as well. All right, but Smalls. What up? I still have that invite for you for the Ravens. You know okay. what I mean? I'm still out here for you. You know what I mean? Thank you, Ricardo. So, you know what? They they yes. look like a very appealing team for me to join. What a front runner you I mean, are! Oh, oh. Geez. Look, we handled we handled um the Rams for you. They used to be in St. Louis. You know, we handled know. Cincinnati for you. <laughs> So, look, so check this out. Um, the disrespect, yeah, for my Ravens is valid. I mean, I listen to you guys like every day I drive trucks, and I don't re- recall the Ravens being number one on Canty's power rankings. Mm. Um, two, I think you guys got it all wrong about the Cinderella. The most intriguing team out there is the Houston Texans. Mm. You're talking about a first-year coach, first-year quarterback. They was the, at the bottom last year. And look at the road they would have to go to to get to the Super Bowl. You're talking about Mahomes, Lamar, uh, Allen, whoever. Like, 
that all the top quarterbacks is in the AFC, so the Cinderella has to come from the AFC. Yeah, I, I think that is a really interesting one, and thanks for the phone call. They have the makings of that kind of team if Stroud is healthy, which he's not because of the concussion protocol, of like right. they could be the Cinderella. They get there. And we then are not surprised they get there because we're like, well, of course, C.J. Stroud and Tobacco Ryan's got there. Look how great they are. But, but it would be a massive Cinderella story. But it's like it makes sense, right? Great quarterback, great head coach, makes sense as to why they could potentially make a run. All right, coming up, we are going to be joined by first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the great offensive linemen, great personalities of all time, Joe Thomas, Cleveland Browns, will join us coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Chris Canty back with us in the new year. Been talking today about Thursday night football game tonight between the Rams and the Saints. Talking about Cinderella teams. And could either one of these teams potentially be a Cinderella and make a run maybe to the Super Bowl this year? And whether or not teams like the Browns and the Lions that historically are obviously not great teams but have been great this year, whether or not you can deem them a Cinderella story. And Smalls, I just want to make sure I have your point and you make your point, obviously, about those two teams, great records, but history matters in your mind when talking about those two teams, correct? Relative to this year. Yeah, not only history in totality, but history this season. Evan, yes, they're a great football team and they've had some really impressive wins. They're on their fourth quarterback. Yeah. How does that not automatically qualify them in the Cinderella category? Well, we will ask somebody about this who knows about this team very well. We're going to ask about him in a, that team in a second. Joe Thomas is a Hall of Famer. He, of course, has so many businesses all across the world. Mission, barbecue, sports advantage, farming. It does everything. And look, at, do you have a fire already behind you, Joe? I do. I'm getting ready to do some work. Somebody's got to feed the cattle here. It's getting chilly in Wisconsin, and I'm going to Germany pretty soon, so i got to Load them up on some hay before we get out of here. Look at you. 6.15 in the morning already has a fire going. I love it. All right. So we, gotta, we have so many things to ask you about. Let's start with this. Uh, Christmas cards. When you get the family Christmas cards from other people, you're in or out on the Christmas cards, Joe? I'm in, but I'm, I, I'm a little upset with the wife this year because she always does the Christmas card design. We got great photos from the year of the family. Like We did a lot of fun trips and went to Canton made the hall of fame it was cool but she picks a picture from the hall of fame of me holding the coors light which granted i love coors lights i drink beers but the fact that she put that one on the cover was kind of funny to me but smalls maybe you can uh, commiserate here she's like well that was the only picture from the hall of fame that i thought i looked good in 
Yeah. And I'm like, babe, you look good in every single picture. Why wouldn't you just pick one of the ones that I'm not drinking? I mean, this gives people the impression that maybe I'm drinking a little bit too much. No, Joe, it was a celebratory moment, and your wife is absolutely correct. It's about her looking her best in the photo, and so I am with her yep. 100%. We, But don't you tend to do that, too, whenever you're looking at photos? You can't tell me that you don't look at yourself first when you're examining a photo. Oh, of course not. I'm a selfless man, and that's why I enjoy the Christmas card, right? I like seeing what other families' greatness has brought to the season. And uh, oh, that's why I'm always oh, in on the God. Christmas cards. I, so love, terrible. I love giving them. And I so love terrible. Giving. So terrible, Joe. You're just going to throw other people's out in the garbage. It's brutal. Absolutely brutal. You know, we've been, we've been talking today about uh, receipts. All these teams and players saying, oh, we keep receipts. So two things on this. Number one, do you keep receipts, actual paper receipts in your life, and do you keep receipts of people that wronged you in your life? <laughs> It's been about a decade since I kept the receipt because the only reason that you keep receipts is if you hate your time and you like wasting it by trying to organize and separate and put all the receipts that you got in different folders when the internet does that for you. Uh, and I forgot the other question because it bothers me so much when people keep receipts still these days. What's the second question, Evan? My bad. I should never ask two questions at once. That's on me about whether or not you still have no. the people in the NFL and stuff that wronged you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll keep receipts from other players, but like from a media standpoint, I always think it's kind of silly to waste your mental energy and the space in your limited brain, especially as a lineman. We've got smaller brains. Uh, scientific fact. Like, why would you waste space on what the media says? Because you understand that they've got a dog in the fight. Like they're trying to stir up controversy. They're trying to get eyeballs. Hey, I'm, I'm in the media. I've been in now for almost six years. So I get it. But uh, who cares what we have to say? We're, we're not players. So our opinion doesn't matter. But other players, like if they're going to say something about me, especially people at my position, that would be the ultimate sin. And that would be the one receipt that I would make sure that I put up on my refrigerator. Joe, we also are talking about potential teams that could go on a Cinderella-type run to the Super Bowl. I think the Cleveland Browns qualify in that category, even though they're having a really great season. They're historically a team that we always expect to have a blunder, and they're on their fourth quarterback. So do you think the Cleveland Browns are qualified as a Cinderella team this year? Yeah, I think any team that has not won a Super Bowl and historically maybe has not been so good, uh, I think they have to qualify as a Cinderella. And that's why, even though I'm a diehard Browns fan, because I, you know, I played there 11 years and three of my four kids were born there. Um, for me, I still cheer for the Detroit Lions. They have not won a Super Bowl. They've got a fan base that's similarly loyal and has uh, suffered a really tough stretch. And so I think there's some common bond between Browns fans and Lions fans. And we're definitely all Cinderella stories until you've won that Super Bowl. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you here on Unsportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty back with us in the new year. Hall of Famer Joe Thomas joining us to talk football and life in general. He's got the fire going on in the background there. Uh, who's been a better Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson or Joe Flacco? Mm. Uh, Flacco's been better. I mean, you look at the job he's done in the last three games. I think he's had over 300 yards passing in every game, and he's given him a chance to win in all three of those games. Watson was very up and down when he was there. I, I think obviously everybody knows Watson has the higher ceiling and he's got the bigger contract. So we all know what's going to happen next year, but Flacco has been outstanding this season. And if he continues on this pace, I mean, there, there will be some conversation about who's the starter next season. I think that uh, it'll get shut down when you look at the contracts, but um, just having a veteran like that around 
as a backup is so valuable, especially when you look at all the injuries that the NFL has had at the quarterback position this season. So, Joe, do you think we'll see Joe Flacco playing next year? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I know he's not going to be the starter <laughs> unless something happens to Deshaun where he's injured or he's unavailable. Uh, because, like I said, he's got the higher ceiling. He played some really good games for the Browns this year, but he was up and down. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens when he comes back from the shoulder surgery that he had. But I don't think there's going to be any controversy. You can't pay a quarterback the way they're paying him to sit on the sideline, especially when really as much as it's fun to cheer for the January Joe Flacco story is great as the story is being a Baltimore Raven, a hated Raven for all those years, being the thorn and Browns fan side and now coming back and kind of being the savior. It's a great story. I mean, everybody across the NFL can cheer for a guy like that, a, a guy that's calm, that does things the right way, that does it with class like Joe Flacco does. But I think next year when you're looking out for the long-term f- uh, future of your franchise, there's no doubt you're not going to make the, the 40-year-old quarterback a starter over your $40 million a year guy. No doubt. Uh, Joe, do you think the NFL product is good right now? How could it be any better? I mean, they've got parity, and that's the one thing that I think college football has been striving for. And actually, if you look at the NIL and the transfer portal stuff, I know it's kind of made a lot of chaos, and it's made the jobs of coaches a lot harder. I've become good friends with uh, Coach Fickle at Wisconsin. And I know he's spending a lot more hours on the phone and on the roads because you got to recruit your own guys now with the transfer portal. But I think what it's done is it's brought some parity back, at least to the top of college football, maybe the top 25, 30 teams. And that's what the NFL has. And so it gives every fan a, a reason to believe that their team can do it any given year. Look at the AFC. Like the, the Ravens are right now clearly the best team in the AFC. But you could pick eight teams and make a really good case that any of them could win the Super Bowl. And I think that's what keeps fans engaged, and that's what makes the product excellent. Joe, I want to ask you a non-football question, another non-football question. Evan's down in Not West Palm Sorry. right now. And <laughs> what'd you say? I said, not allowed. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All good. All good. So Evans in West Palm, I was down there with him in Florida for the beginning of the week. And our producer, Nuno, was there with us. He's a guy who's never had a pedicure before, but got his very first pedicure in South Florida. So I need to know where you stand on guys getting manicures and pedicures. Uh, well, I love pedicures. Uh, if I wasn't wearing these big wool socks right now, I could show you, I got half of one left that my daughter did for me about a month ago. That was awesome. She gave me tiger stripes on my right foot and then didn't have time to do my left one. So when I took my shoes off for yoga class, all the ladies laugh at me, uh, because I'm imbalanced, even though yoga is supposed to be all about balance. But if you've never had a pedicure, don't be too tough and have too big of an ego to think that a pedicure does not feel amazing. Now you don't have to go with like bright pink glittery uh, polish on your toes, but it feels really good. They give you a full like lower leg massage. Your your feet feel incredible. They get rid of all that gunk and junk that nobody wants to deal with on your feet. That especially if you've been in boots a lot, you know, it's not boot weather in West Palm beach there, Evan, but in Wisconsin, we've been wearing boots here for a little while. Uh, so definitely in on the pedicure, the, the, uh, manicure, you know, that, that's a fine line there, but you know, I can understand my, my co-host on Thursday Night football for a bunch of years, Michael Irvin, he was a big manicure guy. He, he always showed up with those nice French tips looking really clean and not, you know, I, I'm not against it. It's not my style, but if you're down with it, that's okay. 
Joe, can you do us a favor? You've already done us a favor by coming on and being great, as you always are. Can you do us a favor when you're done? Is there any way you could take a picture of those tiger stripe toenails and tweet it out <laughs> at Joe Thomas 73? Can we have that out there? Are you yeah, willing to yeah. do that, Joe? Yeah, let me. Oh, wait, let me see if I can get my boot off. Oh, the he's going to do it on ESPN, too. We are, we are, I'm going <laughs> to do play live play. TV. I can't Live that. TV. We are getting Joe <laughs> yeah. Thomas to wait, take his boot it. off Let's and see. show us the tiger stripe. Let's see. Oh, there they are. There they are. The Joe <laughs> Thomas tiger strike yes. toenails. Thanks to his <laughs> daughter. It. Unbelievable. <laughs> Un- he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to There's Germany my, to coach. I'll take fridge. <laughs> Uh, he's a mid <laughs> to Joe's feet. Uh, by the fire. Re- by the way, Rex <laughs> Ryan. Rex car. Ryan has just turned on on Sportsmanlike right now. Rex is now watching. Uh, so sh- <laughs> this is unbelievable. Joe, you are the best. Thank you so much for the time. There is Joe Thomas. We do appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks for having me on, guys. On thanks, Wisconsin. Joe. Oh man, that was amazing. Uh, we are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you, Chris Canty, back with us in the new year. Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, is live at the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Well, not an easy moment for you to follow up on. As Hall of Famer Joe Thomas just came on and showed us his pedicured toes on television, Damien. Oh, uh, uh, my toes are pedicured, but I'm not. I'm not about to show them on the radio right now. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this before we get into the football. You like Cece, and who's uh, Cece's off uh, this week? Are a Lakers fan? Do we think there's an in-season tournament curse because the Lakers have been stinky since that tournament, Damien? Yeah, you're really trying to put me in a foul mood this month, huh? this morning, huh, Evan? Uh, my bad. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, man. I don't know what type of funk that's going on with the Lakers right now, but clearly they haven't gotten over the in season tournament. But you know, it's uh it's a marathon, so I'm not I'm not sweating it too much right now. But they need to get they need to get their act together a little bit here. All of that that you just said, Damian, about the Lakers could also be applied to the Philadelphia Eagles. So are you sweating them right now? Do you think that they'll be able to turn it around, or do you think that they're in trouble? Yeah, I don't believe in uh, you know flipping switches. I, don't think it, it, I, don't, I think it's hard to do that in the National Football League. 
Uh, they're not playing, the, you know, the best brand of football right now. There's a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, the quarterback is is has some, you know, some turnover issues going on. Um, they're not imposing their will up front on on both sides of the line of scrimmage. The back end of that defense is is it's been a sieve, is what I would like to call it. They're getting up a lot of explosive plays. So there's a lot of issues going on with Philadelphia. Um, so listen, the season's not over, but this is not the way you want to be trending as we head towards the playoffs. Talk with Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst. You'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Damian, is there a team that if I told you there was a Cinderella team that made a run to the Super Bowl this year, a non-obvious team, is there one that you would say I could see them maybe being that Cinderella team? I mean, listen, I would say I'll give you one from from both conferences. Okay. Okay. Um, In the AFC, Buffalo. I think Buffalo, Mm -hmm. no one wants to play. If Buffalo gets into the postseason – they're the, they're going to be the scariest team in the AFC, in my opinion. Uh, it seems like they're finally under Joe, new offensive coordinator Joe Brady. It seems like they 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 found their mojo. They got an identity on offense. Obviously, Josh Allen's playing great. James Cook has been phenomenal at the running back position. The defense they've stabilized that that side of the ball. So Buffalo's a very dangerous team in the AFC. Now in the NFC, I'm going to give you the Rams. I think the Rams are starting to peak at the right time. Matthew Stafford, not a lot of people are talking about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is playing about as good a football as anyone. He's really been playing lights out. They got a ton of offensive weapons, and obviously they got a a head coach in Sean McVay who's one of the best coaches in the National Football League. I think the Rams, you know, the Rams get in, that's going to be a team in the NFC that will be a very tough out. Um, that was Evan's pick as well, Damian. He said the Rams. I picked the Cleveland Browns as the Cinderella story. Even though they're playing really good football, the fact that they're on their fourth quarterback yeah. and they're the Cleveland Browns yes. puts them in that category for me. But wh- where's your confidence meter out with the Cleveland Browns right now? I think the Browns are they're another team. I mean, think about everything that the Browns have endured this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like you said, they're on their fourth quarterback in Joe Flacco who literally got up off his couch and, and, and has really brought some juice uh, to that Cleveland Browns team, their defense is top notch. Everyone knows that, and the the coaching uh, the coaching job that Kevin Stefanski has done this year has been phenomenal. They've had injuries, they've been de- completely decimated up front on their offensive line, but they found a way to con- to continue to win football games. So this Cleveland Browns team it is a legit story in the National Football League. Damian, we need your help on understanding something. You played in the league forever. You you spent so much time as an analyst. Can you help us understand this Jets Rogers circumstance now? The latest <laughs> version of this, right? So he goes on McAfee on Tuesday. He alludes to the fact that he's not going to play. Yet then they take him off the IR, and he's technically active. And then Salah says, "Well, he's not going to play." But if he dresses and he's eligible to play, and God forbid there are injuries, as I understand it, Damian, and I could be wrong, he's technically possibly going to play this year? Yeah, I think they just activate him just so he could, you know, be out there and practice. It's I know it all it all sounds weird and it is kind of weird. Um but I think this is more so of how the effect of having Aaron Rodgers around the guys at practice what what coach Sala and company feels like he does for that team. Now it hasn't translated into any wins. But I think that's what they're that's you know that's what they're talking about. So listen, ultimately that's where that's where you judge, right? You judge by wins and losses. So you know you can say, oh, you know the you know Aaron Rodgers had this type of effect. Well, hopefully he can start having the effect in the wins column here.
What? No, but that, that is such a great point because yeah. we all sit here and we say, oh, he's been such an amazing influence on the team. Influence them to do what exactly? I mean, they got skunked last week <laughs> with half the Miami Dolphins out for that game. They got beat 30 to nothing. With, like I said, like literally half of the starters for the Dolphins were inactive for the game. So, I, listen, I, it, it's, it's, it's head-scratching. I don't know, but, you know, I'm not in the locker room, so maybe Sala, maybe Sala knows something that, that I don't know. But, Damien, my, my thought process of all of this is that I'm not blaming Aaron Rodgers for the way that things have happened this season. I'm blaming the Jets because if this person who has only taken four snaps as the starting quarterback in your organization is so important to the culture and the identity and the leadership that you just need him to be at practice, isn't that an indictment on the New York Jets that you have to outsource that leadership? Yeah, you make a listen, Michelle. You bring you bring up a great point because you can obviously point to roster roster construction, right? I mean, you look mm-hmm. at the Jets going into the season. Um, you know, they didn't have a backup quarterback. I mean, you're t- as great as Aaron Rodgers, we all know that he's you know probably one of the you know five best quarterbacks in in the history of the National Football League. You know, he's going to be you know he was going to be forty years old coming into the season. You had no viable backup quarterback, so that was mistake number one. There's no number two wide receiver with the Jets. That's mistake number two. They were depending on a 38-year-old offensive tackle uh, to come out there and uh, be, a, a, and start 17 games. And the other tackle, by the way, missed two seasons with injuries. So that's mistake number three. I could go on and on <laughs> with the whole Ross construction thing, but it's just an utter disaster of a year for the New York Jets this year. Damien, great job as always. Have fun and get up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We do appreciate it. All right, man. Y'all have a happy Christmas. You, you too. too. There Damien. is the great Damien Woody joining us here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. A reminder, ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in tonight for the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I'll be there. Chris Carlin and Harry Douglas on the call right here, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up, Pat Costello, our producer, is mad about something. He's over it. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year. Each and every day, Pat Costello, our producer, gives us items in and around sports and life that he's over. And he's still looking for your sponsorship here. <laughs> Spelled incorrectly on purpose. He wants yep. to be sponsored for his segment. Although Celsius is sponsoring 
half of your segment. I guess. Celsius is sponsoring your hat. Your hat, I guess, is what. Yeah. Celsius is sponsoring. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Good real estate on the hat. You know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, Pat. What are you over today? Aaron Rodgers. I'm oh. exhausted by Aaron Rodgers at this point. I, I've never been more frustrated by a player who's not playing football than I am with Aaron Rodgers. He's it's just being an attention seeker. I'm tired of it. I'm over it fully. So, Pat, you are a really good sportsman. Do you understand this whole IR, not IR thing as to why they're doing so just so he could practice and be like Damian Woody brought up a great point. What is him being around the team actually done relative to the ultimate goal, which is winning and losing? Uh, to answer your question, no, I don't understand it at all. I do understand that just him being active means that we have to keep talking about it. Of course we do. It, there's intrigue around it. I get that. Right. But it's so I'm it's so played out at this point. I'm so tired of it. What else? <laughs> okay, uh, people who don't. Well, like- what do you want? You want us to continue on the thing that you're tired of talking? If we, well, now this is interesting. If you're over us talking about Aaron Rodgers, do we then Smalls continue talking about it to annoy him, or do we listen to him and move on? So, it's a very tricky spot. To be clear, I'm is. more just tired of Aaron Rodgers. Like, got it. I'm not tired of the conversation. Okay, got it. All right. All right. Uh, people who don't wipe their sweat off a bench or a machine at the gym, you're oh gr- you're God. gross. You're just totally show gross. some decency, show some respect to everyone around you. I, I think people should be kicked out of the gym for doing that. I could I- not agree more. Like how self self absorbed and gross do you have to be? Also, people that don't do that, I'm afraid to see where they live. Like, what does your home look like if you can't follow the social norms of cleanliness around you? What do you do when you're left to your own devices? Well, I do the pregame wipe and the postgame wipe. So mm. I'm, you know, staying at the hotel here. Double in, in, wipe. Yeah. So I, in, in Florida, I went to the gym yesterday. I wipe down the treadmill that I'm running on. I throw the wipey out. I do my run. I'm schwitzing, sweating like crazy. Right, right. I then get the wipey thing, wipe it down again, throw it out, clean before I go on, clean after I go on, good to go. I think that's the right way of doing it, right? I agree. Yeah. Uh oh, Smalls, I'm looking at you. Do you well, not? Smalls I don't know if do I the, wipe do it not? down prior. I definitely uh, wipe it down after. Really? But I go to, well, I go to group workout classes, and I just assume that they wipe it down prior to the class starting. Oh, she has people, Pat. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. They clean the studios people. before uh, the next people. crop of I just people assume, comes in. I just assume the people. Do it for me, because I'm I'm New York Michelle. Isn't New that, York New York Michelle assumes other people wipe me? her bench for her. No, that's more West Palm Michelle. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> As it was, oh my God! Yeah, I know what you're doing. So yesterday, our Evan hotel. Evan, I'm oh, West Michelle. Do not do no, it. No, I, I have to out her on this. You just walked me <laughs> into this. I'm sorry. Yes. So we are. To myself. We stay. She stayed. We. I'm still staying in a very expensive, fancy-schmancy hotel. So thank it's you to everybody. It's luxurious. For, yeah. Everything is pristine and perfect, and you walk up to a door and it opens for you. Yesterday, we're here at ESPN West Palm. She's standing at the door, waiting for the door to open, just thinking every door now opens for her, and she doesn't have really to touch tired. it. She's literally, And then she comes really in, tired. and she's like, I can't believe the door just doesn't open for me. No, like, that's not what I said. I said, I'm so used to the doors at the hotel. There's a sensor when you step on the mat that they open for you. And I was so tired that I just was like in program mode. I was like, oh, yeah, wait, we have to open these doors. I'm <laughs> oh, not at the God hotel God forbid anymore. we should open a door on our own. <sighs> I know. Uh, and now I'm in so the Midwest. I'm learn... opening doors for everybody else. <laughs> you know what? We have four versions of, of Smalls that we learned about today. Midwest Michelle. 
New York, Michelle. Palm Beach, Michelle. Oh, yeah. And artificially, artificial intelligence, Michelle, which is just her talking about Dan Campbell. That's right. Very weird. Anyway, next one. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism of apple juice on social media recently. What? There yeah. has been? Oh, yeah. People what? people have been saying it's overrated, and uh, I got to say, completely correct. Apple juice is completely overrated. Not even a top five juice. What? Well, a good do you have your list? Do you have your list of top five juices? You know, in fact, I do, Evan. Uh, oh, my God, amazing. <laughs> Not right, surprised by that. Uh, Wait, num- hold on. Hold on. Number five. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Javante. Javante, did we have the music? <laughs> <laughs> Number five is pineapple. Oh, okay. Okay. Not I like I it. like pineapples. I don't know if I love pineapple juice. I feel like I my do. dad my dad definitely drinks pineapple juice. Those little cans of them, like um, yeah. where you like peel off the the opening. Oh yeah. If my dad is listening, I guarantee. Text me, please. Do you still drink the pineapple juice? I, I think he probably does. All right. Number four, lemonade. I love Wait. lemonade. L- lemonade is not lemon juice. Lemonade has water, has sugar. It's not just straight. All of these have water and sugar. Fruit. Pineapple juice too. I'm, I'm think. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I guess they all do have water and sugar added. Okay, okay, fair. Keep it pushing. <laughs> cranberry juice. Fantastic. Oh, gross. Oh, I love cranberry okay. juice. Oh. Great. Yeah. A little vodka crown with a lime? I was going to say, this is because Evan doesn't drink. I think I'm just exposing Oh, yeah, I didn't pick up on what we're doing here. Okay, now I get it. I didn't didn't pick up on it. My bad. That's exactly what we're doing here. (laughs) Okay, oops. Grape juice. Fantastic. Love grape juice. I do love grape juice. I think it's overrated, but keep going. Grape juice is overrated? I mean, the clear number one is orange. Yeah, clear clear number one. What about fruit punch? Do you not consider that a juice? That's multiple fruits. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not on the list. We're talking so about a, a separate singular category. Fruit. Yeah, can we go it's back a to gra- but can we go back to grape juice? Why do you consider grape juice overrated, Smalls? Because it's not that great. If there is a buffet and there are several fruit juices available for me, I'm never choosing grape. The only grape thing that I'm going to do is grape jelly. Like grape juice? What are we five? So are you in on apple then? You know, from time to time, a little swig well, of Martinelli's never hurt anybody. Martinelli's Again, all of this is alcohol-based that I'm, I'm so lost on. No, grape juice, Evan, no one's drinking grape juice with alcohol. Or well, maybe they are, and I don't But know you're it. out on, I like grapes as a snack. I like grape-flavored things. I like grape soda. I don't drink soda anymore, but I, when I did, grape soda is great. Loved grape soda. Orange soda is better than grape soda. Both of them are phenomenal. When I was a kid growing up, that was like the best thing when you could get an orange soda or a grape soda. Unbelievable. Um, Any grape is that, you know what I've realized? Like rice and corn. Grape. Underrated. No one thinks rice is underrated, Evan. What about corn? I'm in the Midwest. No one thinks corn is underrated. We use corn in everything here. It's the lifeblood of our of our being is corn. We're powered by corn in the Midwest. Pat Costello, grape closer to underrated or overrated? Probably underrated. I feel like Mm. it doesn't get the respect in mainstream media that it deserves. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yes. What are we talking? So you're saying mainstream media is orange juice biased? Yes. And apple. But you know what? Big apple juice has been coming down on us for too long now. Wow. Big big apple apple juice. Big one, Apple pulling the more, strings. One more, What do you got? Uh, cover artists or karaoke singers who butcher great songs. Just pick a different song. Don't play that song. It, like it's. It, don't be terrible and waste my time. But they don't know that they're terrible. That's you the have thing. to know you're a little bit terrible. Like you're. You got to be up there and like this isn't going the best. 
I don't know. They've rehearsed it. And I'm with you, though. Some covers are really bad. Why don't you just come up with your own song? Because it's not that easy to come up with your own song, and then the fans or the crowd doesn't love it. Like, if you're a cover band and you're singing a song that everyone loves, you're going to get the crowd into your song or into your performance. Yeah, or you butcher it completely and make me hate you. Yeah, I don't think they, they know they're bad. I really don't. Just like apple juice. They may not know they're bad. Grape juice? Great, though. We're on Sportsman. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.